Hello, Muppet fans. Welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This is the podcast where we watch The Muppet Christmas Carol two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. And today we are so happy to have one of our favorite guests, one of our all-time favorite guests back with us. He was actually here for a previous uh, clip in this movie earlier in this season. And he's back with us today. Guest, who are you? Hi, I am Danny Horn of Tough Pigs, Muppet Wiki, Superheroes Every Day, and most recently Muppet Pictures on Twitter and yes, Facebook. Yes, yes, an new, exciting oh, new adventure. My new, my new projects. Yeah. Muppet Pictures, I, I, I have to tell you, when you first announced Muppet Pictures, on, on Facebook at least, I, yeah. my immediate thought was like, why? There are Muppet Pictures all over. Why <laughs> is Danny doing this? Like, Why is this what Danny's spending his time on? And then you have repeatedly delighted me with images I've never seen. Yeah, it's it's the best. Well, they're such hey. cool and interesting and sometimes even pictures I've never seen before. Somehow you managed to do that. I am very sneaky. Well, that's what I, mean. uh, so many I, I should I should probably Hi, I'm Danny Horn. <laughs> um I'll do, I'll do my intro. <laughs> like I was, you know, I, I uh co-founder. Was that the co I'm saying co-founder of, of Tough Pigs. I was a founder of Tough Pigs long, yeah. long ago. You're the guy. Founder of Muppet Wiki. Right now, uh, my big project is a blog called Superheroes Every Day. It's a comedy blog about the history of superhero movies, going back to the beginning. Um, yeah, and then I started this little thing um, kind of late last year, probably after. It might have been after um, we had talked in our, in our last episode. I think episode. it probably was. Yeah, I just started. Like, I, just, I have been collecting... Muppet pictures for a really, really long time um, and loving them and like having a screensaver of them. And I always felt guilty because like I put a bunch of them on Muppet Wiki, but I felt like a, there are so many that I could just be sharing with the world. Yeah. So I created like on Twitter and on Facebook, it's called Muppet Pictures. Uh, and I post three pictures a day hmm. at random intervals, okay. often with a theme, which I don't think anyone ever notices except You know, me. I saw you mention that there were themes and I, I've been meaning to go in and like study all of the pictures for one day and see if I can figure out what the theme is. It feels to me like it's so easy. Like it's yeah, seriously, sure I'll do like it's three days. It's like three pictures of Rizzo and oh, three well, pictures of like an easy Kermit one. with a hat okay. and stuff. <laughs> and literally nobody notices my, okay. my themes. I spent I'll a lot of time. I'll tell you what, on. next time I'll, I'll look at all three pictures for the day. And on the third one, I'll like, I'll, I'll comment in all caps. Like these are all pictures of Pepe. Yeah, no one cares. To, to show that um, I figured it out. But, but I do I do three a day, so it's like not too many, then won't like over overload your life. But yeah, that's uh, appreciated. I'm really I'm really enjoying it. And it's kind of the weird thing is it's kind of like gotten me back into like online Muppet fandom. That's cool. People, which yeah. I am thrilled about. Yeah. 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 I just and, needed a vehicle. Yeah, and we are thrilled to have you here on the podcast today Great. to talk about minutes sixty-one and sixty-two of the Muppet Christmas Carol. In which Miss Piggy is indignant, and uh, the Cratchit family starts singing "Bless Us All." So we pick up uh, with Piggy as Emily Cratchit reacting with disgust to Kermit as Bob Cratchit suggesting that the family uh, drink a toast to the founder of the feast. Um, I'm I'm probably going to read most of Piggy's dialogue just because it's. Can I actually? And... Can I actually? Can I get into it first? Yeah, I've I have more things. I have things to say. Good. I actually, like the seg the segue from me talking about Muppet Pictures is actually it it is very Muppet Christmas Carol relevant hmm. because we're recording this like 
a couple of weeks into January. Um, but for all of December, I was posting Christmas pictures. So like three pictures a day, right. every day, basically from Thanksgiving through after Christmas, um, which meant like, and there's like, there's so many like Muppet Christmas things. So like yeah. I had many, many things I could use, but basically like every day I was like living with, I was, you know, living with the Muppet Christmas Carol right. a lot more than I usually do. This is kind of the question of like, okay, so today am I actually going to post like Gonzo and Rizzo from Christmas Carol or am I, am I going to give that a break? And like, which Muppet, you know, is this going to be like a bean sitting in front of the the door kind of day mm-hmm. or what? Um, so Muppet Christmas Carol was on my mind this Christmas. Sure. Way more than usual, which was painful for me. <laughs> Because I have a very specific relationship with the Muppet Christmas. I might be the only person in Muppet fandom with a legitimate grudge against the Muppet Christmas Carol. Possibly. I I have found that anything you can name is like somebody's favorite and somebody's least favorite. But you might be the one person. No, no, no. It's, it's It's not that it's my least favorite. Well, right, right, right. I have a grudge against it. It hurt me and my career. Um, not really, but like it caused me pain at a very particular moment. Like I, cause I, I created Muppet Zine back in 1992. That was my yeah. little print fan It was very exciting. Yes. That, the, that was the found- before most people were on the internet. That was the way that was Muppet the fans internet. were getting their news yeah. and reviews of new stuff and finding out about merchandise and all that. Yeah. I made, I made a print scene for five years from 92 to 97. Um, and I had to stop in 1997 because then there was an internet that everyone was using. Right. And I didn't, I didn't need to <laughs> photocopy things anymore. <laughs> but yeah, so I was kind of the founder of the feast as far as like Muppet journalism was concerned. Yeah. Um, and so I started my first issue was summer of 1992 when I graduated from college. And the big exciting thing that was coming up, my big news thing, was that by the time issue three came out, the Muppet Christmas Carol was going to be out. Sure. Like the first Muppet movie for eight years, the first big thing really that had happened since like Jim died two years before. And so I was super excited that I was going to like cover this and this was going to be super exciting for my, for my magazine. Yeah. And people hated it (laughs) and it didn't do well. Yeah. See, that's something that we've been surprised to discover during this season of the podcast that it was, and we should say that you recently wrote an entire yeah. article about this on the Tough Pigs website, but that, yeah, it wasn't received with um, with so much enthusiasm when it was released. It's super weird now to me yeah. that everybody, so this is the thing that I wrote about, but I'm just going to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, that, that everybody, especially this year, like 30th anniversary, yeah. I don't, somehow everyone loves Brett Goldstein right now and, and Brett Goldstein, <laughs> like talking to the Muppets. And saying that this is the greatest, um, not just the greatest Muppet movie, but the greatest movie of all time. Right. Greatest film ever made, yeah. Yeah. I'm so, I live in Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a tough town movie-wise. Hmm. You go in, like, at least when I lived there in the 90s, like, in movies, if people liked movies or didn't like movies, they, like, the movie would know by the end <laughs> of it. It was, there was, it was not a secret to the movie, uh. whether people loved it or not. Um and so I'm sitting there and just like going in. So I'd heard the soundtrack 
which was fantastic. The one thing I was most looking forward to, Buns and Beaker's song. Oh, oh no! Whoops. There's room in your heart for love because I didn't. I bought the I bought the CD and I was like listening to it endlessly before I went to the movie. I was so psyched. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't care what else happens. That Buns and Beaker song, that's gonna be rock. Uh, I'm hot for that. All right. Wow. I go oh, in. No. I go in and I watch the Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, oh, but then also like the thing that happened beforehand is that is I see the reviews on that Friday. I will be some reviews right now. USA Today. Little ones may squirm during the more literary parts, but the sappy tunes by Paul Williams make fine potty breaks. Ooh. New York Times. The Muppet Christmas Carol is not one of those clever children's films that keep adult escorts from gazing longingly at the exit signs. <laughs> There's no great show of wit or tunefulness here, and the ingenious cross-generational touches are fairly rare. Philadelphia Inquirer. The songs are more humdrum than hummable. The LA Times. Ooh. It must have sounded good at story conferences. Oof. That's the first sentence of a review. Wow. The Washington Post, the movie isn't terrible, but it's resoundingly moderate with only occasional real laughter. Chicago Reader, this is the dullest and least successful adaptation of The Christmas Chestnut I've ever seen. This is what all of the contemporary reviews were like in 1982. Huh. People hated this movie. You didn't And so like the box office, wait, I'm not the box office though, like the movie's opening weekend, Muppet Christmas Carol made 5 million dollars. And made it the number six film for the first week. Like it's first weekend yeah, out. Yeah, that's that's not number awesome. <laughs> number six. I number one, a few good men <laughs> in its first weekend, fifty million dollars. So we're up against that's like best picture nominee with Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson and Demi Moore, uh-huh. which in nineteen ninety two like really meant something. Yeah, yeah. So that was like fantastic counter programming. Well done on that for Disney. Number two, Home Alone two, <laughs> Lost in New York, fourth weekend. $8 million, fourth weekend, number two. Yeah, that was big. The Bodyguard, Kevin Costner, and uh, Whitney Houston, Whitney third Houston. weekend, $7 million. Number four, Aladdin, fair enough. Fifth weekend, though, also mm. $7 million. But number that's, five. That's the knife. The knife number five. Is, is, is Aladdin, right? Wait until you hear number five. Yeah. <laughs> number five, The Distinguished Gentleman. Mm. Made five and a half million dollars. The Eddie Murphy movie. I didn't even remember what that was. Eddie Murphy movie, Con Man in Washington, that nobody likes, nobody yeah, remembers. Not, 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 on, not its, on its second weekend, mm. seven million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Under it doesn't that, sound the Muppet, the great. Muppet Christmas Carol, five million dollars. But I mean, all that is all that is is good points. But I think Aladdin is the real kicker. Because Aladdin, like, Aladdin hurt. Aladdin is is the most direct competition, I would say, and it's the what? What is it? Fifth week of release, and it still made more money than Muppet Christmas Carol. Right, families aren't going to see the new Muppet movie. Families are going to see Aladdin again. Aladdin that's been out for a month, or, or they're going to see Home Alone too. Yeah, made eight yeah, million, right? On its fourth weekend, which is also even that's a Christmas movie. So yeah, yeah. First mm. weekend though, think of that. Think that's worse than I think Muppets Most Wanted did way better than that. Number six, you go home afterwards. Yeah. It made so it made $27 million all year. Hmm. Made less money than Encino Man, Lawnmower Man, Three Ninjas, made less money than Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. <laughs> right. That's People uh hated this movie. Yeah, that's that's pretty damning yeah. right there. Yeah, Muppet looks like Muppet's most wanted actually opened at number two. Yeah. So it was And we and you know how we feel yeah. about about the Muppet's most wanted performance, right? 
right. how Everyone we all we all yeah. The, yeah we all we we've been grieving over that for like seven seven years and counting yeah yeah mother christmas carol yeah underneath yeah. that's so i get i get there i'm there friday night opening night for the first time anywhere as a Muppet journalist, there I am. I got to fight my way through the crowd of people who are there to see the distinguished gentleman. <laughs> yeah, everyone in the lobby is buzzing about the distinguished they're, gentleman. They're getting in my way at the popcorn line, the distinguished gentleman audience. I get in the theater from Muppet Christmas Carol, and it was not, I'm going to say this, it was not hard for me to find a seat in mm. that theater. I, had, I was not sitting way up front. And so I'm sitting through it. Uh, Room in Your Heart is not, is not in there. That must have been... Yeah. Very disappointing. I'm sorry. And then I, so there's two reasons. I have specific memory of this clip, and I requested this clip specifically for two reasons, which we will get into. Number one is the tragedy of Mrs. Cratchit's contractions, followed immediately by the tragedy of Bless Us All. Okay, so tell right. me what you're talking about with the contractions. Yeah, why is, contractions. Why is that Ryan, you are. I can now. I can now return it to you because you you wrote down. You wrote down the dialogue. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I wrote down most of it. <laughs> we, can now, we can now return so, to the, the the podcast as you planned it. Yeah. In the last week or two, we've commented on how like this seems like sort of a a travesty to cast Miss Piggy in this small, uh, thankless role. She's the wife, basically. It's but they do make an effort to give her something to work with, and uh, you know, Frank Oz does everything he can with it, but she gets to show a little bit of attitude, but then like she's here for a few minutes and then she's done. And it's like, Oh, I guess that was it for piggy. So, um, yeah, Bob Cratchit has just uh, suggested, uh, raising a toast to Scrooge. Uh, piggy says founder of the feast indeed. And then Belinda and Bettina go, <laughs> which they're like, everything they yeah. do is funny. Yeah. Yeah. She says, if I had him here, I would give him a piece of my mind to feast upon. And I bet he would choke on it. To which Belinda and Bettina respond, choke. <laughs> oh, Kermit reminds her that it's Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. The children are here. She says, I suppose that on this blessed day of Christmas, one must drink to the health of Mr. Scrooge, even though he is odious, stingy, <laughs> wicked, and unfeeling, and badly dressed. Yeah. And as <gasps> she's going through this whole thing, yeah, Belinda and Bettina are yeah. like just agreeing, like nodding in agreement with everything she says when they get to bad, when she gets to badly dressed, they gasp like this. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, you you went there. Um, yeah, very funny. Although, actually, is Scrooge badly dressed? I mean, Mrs. Cratchit is badly dressed. Let's face <laughs> right. that. Yeah, she's I, mean, I think she's just calling, I think she's just calling him unfashionable, though, right? Like, it's not like he's, like, poorly. He's probably been wearing the same suit for 30 years, right? Like, That's probably true, yeah. He, I don't think it's that he's, like, He doesn't go out ugly. and buy new clothes yeah. often. Or clothes or whatever, yeah. But that, but that, I think, is her one. That's her one. That's the one Miss Piggy moment, is literally those three well, words. Can I yeah. can I open up the old curiosity shop real quick? Yes, please. Yeah. End of the old curiosity shop. So so most of most of Piggy's dialogue here is right out of the book. Okay. Right? So that's why she's cast as Mrs. Cratchit. Like I know you gotta do something with Piggy, but like the scene where Mrs. Cratchit is indignant about Scrooge is like feels like Piggy stuff in the book, basically. So here's what it is. Here's the mm. here's the quotes from the book. Mr. Scrooge, said Bob, I'll give you Mr. Scrooge, the founder of the feast. The founder of the feast indeed, cried Mrs. Cratchit, reddening. I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast upon, and I hope he'd have a good appetite for it. My dear, said Bob, the children, Christmas Day. It should be Christmas Day, I am sure, said she. 
on which one drinks the health of such an odious, stingy, hard, unfeeling man as Mr. Scrooge. You know he is, Robert. Nobody knows it better than you do, poor fellow. My dear, was Bob's mild answer. Christmas Day. I'll drink his health for your sake and the days, said Mrs. Cratchit. Not for his. Long life to him. A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. He'll be very merry and very happy, I have no doubt. Which is what, yeah, then mm-hmm. then Peggy says, oh, yeah, exactly. And then Belinda and Bettina echo, no doubt. Which No doubt. Yes. This feels, basically feels like Piggy, and they didn't need to change it that much. To, to yeah. It's, it sounds like in the uh, book, she's angry. And in the movie, they she's angry, but because it's Piggy, it's fun to watch her being angry. The contractions, y'all. The tragedy what? of Mrs. Cratchit's contractions. Uh, Explain contractions, please. All right. Uh, just straight up, like... The sadness of, if you think of her entrance in the Muppet movie, if you think of her entrance, honestly, in almost anything that she ever does, Miss Piggy coming in is a moment for joy and excitement and glamour. Right. Well, yeah, especially in the movies. The fact that she gets one moment where we're like, yeah, that's kind of like Miss Piggy. (laughs) Right. This is the first Muppet movie. I this is the first I, Muppet movie. It's not. I'm sorry. For me, it's 1992. First Muppet movie since Jim Henson died. I've been waiting. I'm here to cover this. Miss Piggy has almost no part. And you know I love Miss Piggy more than anything in the entire world. Of course. Yeah. Bunsen and Beaker. Bunsen and Beaker didn't talk. I got to live with a lot of things. And now Miss Piggy, like, she gets a tiny, tiny minute. One joke, basically. Badly, which I admit is a funny joke. One joke. And I mean, she I don't, I, does not I use, she does not use contractions when she speaks. Founder of the feast, indeed. If I had him here, I would give him a piece of my mind to feast upon, she says. <laughs> and I bet he would choke on it. That is the thing. If you want to go, if you want to take something and make it sound like normal speech in fiction, the way that you do it is you use contract. Like Grover gets away with it. Grover gets a pass on That's his thing for some reason. But everybody else in the world, she says he'll be very merry and happy. I have no doubt. She says he'll. She does say he'll. All right. I would give him a piece of my mind. Right. She sounds so stilted. Do you think they're just trying to make it sound like she's in 1843? Yes. Why are we doing that to Miss Piggy? This would be the moment. (laughs) Honestly, if there's going to be a moment where we where we cut, I think this is the thing that I wanted. Honestly, if I was going to have anything in this movie. I wanted a moment where Miss Piggy wasn't like the Miss Piggy thing to do would be to have one second. The rats singing heat wave had a moment of silliness outside of the movie. Right. Which breaks the reality. Miss Piggy needed to break the reality Mm. more than anyone. And do you think, do you think they could have done that with her still playing uh, Mrs. Cratchit or yeah? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be exactly like any time that Gonzo breaks or Rizzo breaks, or the I think the rats singing Heat Wave. It doesn't break the movie to have a tiny bit of Muppet silliness that it's that such a brief cuts, gag. that that breaks out. Yeah, and it's such a brief moment. But if anybody deserves that, it's going to be Miss Piggy just being like angry at something or whatever. And Anthony in the book, mm-hmm. she says, "I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast upon." Yeah, she does. says, Mystique Mystique says, I would give him a piece of In the book, she has more contractions than Miss Piggy gets. Wow. (laughs) That is the tragedy of of this. 
in the book, she also says, I'll drink his health for your sake and the days. Huh. And Piggy doesn't say that. So you're right. That is the tragedy of Mrs. Crutch's contractions. That I'm sitting there, and there's my favorite thing in the world. Wow. Everything in the entire, entire world is Miss Piggy. And she's sitting there, big as life, on a screen in front of me for the first time as a Muppet journalist. And she doesn't even use contractions. I got to say, this Y'all. is a podcast devoted to scrutinizing the minute details of these movies. This has got to be like in the top, the top three minute details that we've ever talked about. And I love it. I tell you what. You're welcome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks. And then, and then, so there's the tragedy of Mrs. Cratchit's contractions. Yeah. And then, immediately followed, the songs did not do well. The songs did not play well in my theater mm. in Philadelphia that night. People were not loving them. They were more hum, more humdrum than hummable, I believe, Janet <laughs> Maslin of New York Times said. <sighs> and, like, and Room in Your Heart was not there. Chairman of the Board was not there, which I was also super excited for. And, and so Piggy is having like her one moment of being at least a little bit funny. Yeah. And then Robin the Frog. Robin the Frog. Right. Well, so first though, <laughs> they, they do drink. And, they drink. and I, I just wanted to point out, we see Piggy toss her, her glass back. And do you, is it supposed to look like the, the glass doesn't come anywhere near her mouth? Like, because... She know. makes a slurping sound as if she's drinking it, <laughs> but her hand is so far away from her face. It's it's very strange that that's what's in the movie. Well, she she does that, and then there's little Robin the Frog, and he starts to sing. Yeah. Well, first he says his famous line that's in every version of A Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. every adaptation. God bless us, everyone. Everyone. Yeah. And then the music starts, and every single person in Philadelphia goes, uh... <laughs> everyone that's why i wanted this clip that's specifically this clip that was the moment i'd read all those reviews i was not there i was not surrounded by a crowd in the theater uh-huh. the moment that i knew muppet christmas carol was a disaster oh. i know that now people think that they love it 19 december 1992 it was a complete it. train wreck it was it was like if you think about like the Muppet, like the 2015 Muppet sitcom around episode three, when we all realized, like, this is actually bad for the Muppets, actually. <laughs> this is not going to be, this is n- not only is this not the triumph and the excitement that we're all hoping for, but oh, this sets us back. This is, it's going to be like seven years until we even have like a decent, like, streaming show. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, um, that could as, be a whole as other we all felt then. episode or, or series to talk about that, which we have done. But. but that was what it was. But if you think of how you felt end of episode three of the Muppets, when it just was not landing, that was, that was December, 1992. And that theater for me, specifically when Robin starts singing, bless us all. I'm like, this sets the Muppets back. We're not going to have a good Muppet movie for a while. So, so the lovely right. music starts it took, it took until the next century. The lovely music starts, and this adorable little frog starts singing this beautiful, heartfelt song, and everybody is just like, Ugh, and everybody, and everybody in the theater is done with it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's so. I just wanted to bring that to you. Yeah. I wanted to bring all of that to you, all of that bitterness and resentment sure. that I had in my heart. Okay. Well, from that moment, because because it is so amazing <laughs> that then that then people. 30 years later. Yeah. It was just, it was the wrong moment for that movie. I guess so. Although this is something that I haven't, I've, I've tried to do some research. I haven't been able to track down any, any information on this. I can only assume that this movie did great on home video. Like it, it must've sold 
a lot as soon as it got released the following year because it was enough for them to for Disney to say like okay we want another Muppet movie right away. Uh, it might have. I mean, it's yeah, it's just it's just three years later. Yeah, I mean, it's February of ninety six. You know, right, that's not a yeah. Long and period. I mean, I knew a lot yeah, of people growing years. up who had the the VHS with the clamshell case and everything. And yeah, 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 it might have been very well. Everybody or their grandma had Muppet Christmas Carol. Exactly. You know. Yes. Yes. Something for the kids. So here's my notes on Bless Us All. Here's exactly what I wrote down in my notes. Yeah. Bless Us All. Robin. All right. Here's what I put. Tiny Tim doesn't have all that much personality in the book. So Robin is a step up. (laughs) Robin isn't the most dynamic character in the Muppet game either. But there's just something so warm and comforting about Jerry Nelson's voice. Yeah. God bless us, everyone. Sounds less cheesy from Jerry Nelson than from an actual kid, and I stand by that. I think <laughs> oh, it's that's nice. a really I, good point. I, I, think I think that's true. One hundred percent. I think if you had a human kid singing this song, that would be unbearable. But Robin <laughs> is just this, yeah. this tiny, cute little guy, and he's wearing this Dickensian costume, uh, and it's Robin, who we already love, you know, from the Muppet Show, and sing halfway down the stairs. Yeah, that like, little guy. Now he's doing this one. Uh, yeah, I think most people like Robin in general. And can I, I, open the, I don't know like, if folks in '92 knew Robin that well. Maybe not. Point. Maybe they didn't have so much of a connection with him. They remember yeah. halfway down the street. Um, but that was like 15 years. Like the thing that people would have last remembered is is uh, is Muppets Take Manhattan. In a, like honestly, he I don't, he was the last time he was in a movie was 1979. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so one more one more note about about Tiny yes. Tim singing, if that's okay, out of the book. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Tiny Tim straight up sings a song to his family in the book. Really? So this oh, is, does he? Yeah. Yes. So this was by a very obvious he, cue. Yes. So this is from the book. By and by, they had a song about a mm. little about a lost child traveling in the snow from Tiny Tim, who had a plaintive little voice and sang it very well indeed. Hmm. So that's all it says. Um, and in the in the annotated Christmas Carol, Michael Patrick Hearn notes that there is no such like Christmas Carol. That was my next song. I mean, my next question. Mm-hmm. Yes, but uh, in 1926, writer G.K. Chesterton, Dickens superfan G.K. Chesterton, did he uh, write one? Wrote, yeah, he wrote a wrote a poem called "A Child of the Snows," specifically with the idea that it's the song Tiny Tim sings at the dinner table. <laughs> please, please tell me, please tell me that you have it in front of you. Uh, I I don't. I can look it up real quick and pretend I have it. You and, want me to? and will Darn. you sing it to us? I'll yes. sing it. I'll sing it. <laughs> Wait, what year was <laughs> that from? 1926. All right. Huh. Wow. So, so here we go. Uh, let's see. Chesterton. Wait, I'm, I'm, his own I'm sorry, Anthony. I'll give you. I'll give you a. Uh, I'll give you a cue. Uh, if I had him here, I would give him a piece of my mind to feast upon, and I bet he would <laughs> choke on it. Choke. All right, now you. There is heard a hymn where the pains are dim and never before or again. When the nights are strong with a darkness long and the dark is alive with rain. Never we know but in sleet and in snow the place where the great fires are. That the midst of the earth is a raging mirth and the heart of the earth a star. It goes on for a while more, but that's the huh. In the heart of the earth. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. In the Paul, Williams, of, yeah, Paul Williams wins. This yeah, is Paul Williams. Yeah, this I is was, Paul Williams I, I, won. I, I, yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Chesterton uh, zero. I think that's yeah. pretty decisive here. <laughs> zero Paul Williams won. <laughs> For those of you keeping score. 
Yeah. I mean, so that that is the thing. Like, then the thing about, so I've got, this is kind of the moment in the movie for me personally when I watch it, um, where, like, that moment, like, in the theater in 92 was super painful for me. Um, And then it turns out that Bless Us All is a really beautiful song. Okay, so this is, I I wanted to ask, it's been 30 years. The harmonies. The harmonies. Mm -hmm. Even on the night, like, it was, things were dark and cold. Even on the night, Kermit's harmony. Yeah, when Kermit comes in, and then when Piggy comes in, yeah. I, I think those yeah. are really nice moments in the song. Yeah. So yes, bless us all. It's it's just this really sincere song uh, about, I guess, just like how nice and it, it is to be part yeah. of a family and have love and to be in the world. And I think something about it is like it's actually like that song is not a song that's meant to be heard for the first time. That is a song that's hmm. meant to be heard the twentieth time. That's an interesting. That's when it. That's thought. that's what it's for. Like for all the people who have where Muppet Christmas Carol. Like that's the thing that happened was it's Christmas, and Christmas movies get played every Christmas, and there's yeah. only so many of them before you go insane. And so a new <laughs> one that has you know another or like another one at that point to add to your collection, which is I think is what happened in in maybe in ninety three when the when the the video came out, like that will get played in a way that like people won't go to the theater necessarily <laughs> to go and see. Not if there's not if there's an Eddie Murphy vehicle, right? And at, you know, on its on its second week, they're not going to go and see Muppet Christmas Carol <laughs> on a Friday night, apparently. Um, but it's Christmas, and you've got a whole month. There's a lot of days between Thanksgiving and Christmas for you to yeah. for you to watch Charlie Brown Christmas, and you watch Mr. Magoo, and you watch whatever else. You watch all of your things. Um, having something new in the rotation is exciting. Yeah. And and that means that the Muppet Christmas Carol then is a part of your life yeah. year after year after year. And I think that is when that's when Bless Us All stops being like the boring song that <laughs> kills momentum in the movie, which it does. Um, at least, or as it did for me in 1992 mm-hmm. that's like the 10th time you hear it with your family like that's the moment where you're like oh my god this song is beautiful it didn't sound beautiful to us at the time right but for like everyone else after 1992 it just got better and better yeah that's what's so, happened it, it was it was a long-term investment on the part of the muppet people but it's paid off yeah um and i think that is a, a broader thing that happens with musicals where I, sometimes mm. people will go see a musical and they're like, well, the songs weren't really memorable, so it must not have been very good. And I I don't necessarily think that's a good criticism of a musical because there have been shows that I've seen and I, I didn't exactly walk out of the theater humming the songs, but if I go back and listen to the songs that I've now started yeah. to become familiar with, they might eventually become like favorites of mine. I think some, yeah. some songs take a few listens to really mm-hmm. uh, sink in, so... That's yeah, probably the case with this one. Yeah, so the movie works. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's that's your your final verdict. The movie works. That's my that is that is the movie. It did not at the time, but 20, 20, 22, 2023. All it right, works now. Okay, I'm, and partly that's just because like not everything is hanging on it because it really yeah, felt okay. like it really felt you know like twenty fifteen, like this is, you know, uh, Muppets Most Wanted. Did not do that well in the theater, and we were disappointed. But here is this thing, and it really felt like everything is hanging on 2015. Right. 
And that was, and, and especially like a Jim Henson dies. Yeah. Um, and two years later, we've got this Brian Henson vanity pick. Um, it felt <laughs> like everything, it felt like everything hung on that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It just changes perspective. Yeah. But, but now, yeah. And then, and then we had like 96 and we had Muppet Treasure Island and Muppets Tonight. And then there's just more Muppet stuff in the world and we could get used to that. And now, and now I think the movie really, like now you can come to that movie without bothering with that context and the movie works. Right. Yeah. Now it just feels like an old Muppet thing that, and, and it's because yeah. so many people have grown up with it now. And a cute one. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe in 2045, we'll consider the <laughs> ABC sitcom to be an all time classic. Maybe there'll be all like these... Fozzie. Fo- yeah. Where everyone's going to, every year, everyone's going to watch Fozzie steal something from Jay Leno's house. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be all these tributes to it. And you know what? I'm going to be on that podcast too. Good. I would be like, I was there. I'm going to be the oldest living Muppet fan. I'd be like, I was, <laughs> you don't know. The first episode was real funny. I was really, I thought it was great. And then, oh, Fozzie has to steal something from Jay Leno's house. Yeah. yeah. Y'all don't know. Y'all don't know how that felt. I was there in 2015 <laughs> sitting on my couch. Right. Again, we could do an entire episode on that, but I will just state why for the record, like... I thought that episode was funny. Because I'm old. Because I'm old. No, why do you sound like Vicky Lawrence's mama? Because <laughs> I'm, because I am, I am currently the oldest living Muppet fan, I feel. That's just what um, old people sound like. <laughs> I know. And by and when and when 2015 is a classic, that's yeah. I will sound even more like that. I will be I will be the Vicky Lawrence's person that ever lived. <laughs> All right. The Vicky Lawrence is my Muppet plan. fan. I will I will meet y'all then. <laughs> uh I have only one more thing about these two minutes, which is uh on the DVD commentary, Brian Henson says that this uh, number took less time to shoot than most of the musical numbers in the movie. He says it was a very small set and he wasn't sure how to shoot it, I guess, just to kind of make things interesting on a small set with mm. a, a slow song. Um, so they put those candles on the table and he just kind of kept the camera moving a little bit throughout the song. And he says on the commentary that he thinks the candles make it work so well because they give it a sentimental feel. Um, and in fact there are several candles in this room and the fire is burning in the fireplace so uh, i assume no muppets you know caught on fire but yeah you know they had made a big deal earlier in the movie about how expensive fire was like Uh, like the lamp so yeah 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 so the the cratchits you know because the the bookkeepers hardly got even any coal right so the cratchits the cratchits actually must be better off than then they say that. I guess so. Yeah, they're doing better than those look rats. At, look yeah. at all that. Look at all that fire they can afford. Right. I actually wonder. <laughs> I wonder. It's probably a good thing that that because um, that's that's a continuity problem, right? If you have a lot of candles burning and you're shooting all day, you have to keep. Oh, this you one. know, I didn't even think yeah, to probably. like to look at the candles and to compare. Like, oh, this candle is shorter and that is in this shot, and then it's longer again in the next shot. But um, you know what we're about to do. <laughs> <laughs> If you want go to and, check the go, clip, go and, spend, go and spend the next hour of our lives checking out the candles. If you want to check the clip right now, we we can pause and. <laughs> I'm not going to make you edit again. All right, <laughs> all right, <laughs> listeners, look at the candles and let us know if you spot any continuity errors, <laughs> any discrepancies. Um, yeah, that's all I had about these two minutes. Uh, anything else about this clip? Starting with Danny, I just want to say thank you. 
to Ryan Rowe, Anthony Strand, and anyone who is still listening to this episode <laughs> and therefore is my best friend in the world. Yeah, well, thank you for letting me. I feel I feel so much lighter. Oh, good. Right now, than I, have in, than I have in 30, 30 and a uh, twelve years. <laughs> you just got it all out there. <laughs> I got it all out. I feel so good. I feel so good right now. And, and I, I love you. And you know what? Bless us all. Bless us all. In after years. There you go. Yeah. That's for me. Uh, Anthony, anything else on these two minutes? Well, I, Danny, I just want to thank you for giving us all a lot to think about. Oh. <laughs> 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 no, why didn't I think of that? Oh, my um, well, I think we kind of covered those, the, our three usual questions. <laughs> Actually, I'll get to that in a second. But um, I have two things from the old listener comment bag. Um, I should probably come up Ooh, with some kind of little some kind of little musical cue or something for that. Um, but oh, like when the is this new? Uh, we've done it a few times before. From time to time, I've never had a mailbag. We, yeah, we, I don't think we really did it in previous seasons, but I just thought it would be a good way to incorporate what people Let's say do it. on Facebook and the forum and things. Um, so when our friend Joe Hennis was on the podcast to talk about it, feels like Christmas. We discussed uh, this kid who can be seen walking through the shot carrying this oddly shaped wrapped package. And we were trying to figure out what this could possibly be. We had no idea. Um, A number of listeners very quickly identified what this is. Uh, It's a type of hobby horse, which is apparently more common in the UK than the US. Hmm. Um, So just a horse head on a stick. It also has wheels so you can roll it along behind you instead of just like dragging the stick behind you. And mm-hmm. um, I believe uh, Tough Pigs pal Caitlin Miller was the first person to point this out to us. And then uh, Jessica, Shane, Yachem, and Wilson also identified this. So I feel pretty dumb for not being able yeah. to just make the guess like, oh, that looks like a hobby horse with wheels. But that's yeah, what it too, is. Kinda. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, then also regarding it feels like Christmas, we had two listeners point out this little thing that I guess, again, we all failed to notice. Uh, Eric Brown and Mike Russo both noted that at the end of the song, when there's, um, the crane shot where it kind of pulls up and you see the entire town square as the song is ending, uh, there's a couple on the right side of the shot who are slowly walking down a human couple yes yes thank you a human couple slowly walking down the this fake london street and then eventually they reach the end of the set there's no (laughs) more street to walk on so they just kind of stop and and sort of slowly turn around like they're not really sure what to do next so and i don't think i had ever noticed that before so thanks to eric and mike for pointing that out it is this funny thing where that's the one time that they really kind of let you see how how sort of fake and theatrical the set is and Mm. i still love it and I, i think it looks great but showing us that much of the set yeah something like that was bound to happen that's a funny thing to look for it's just like yeah they're lost Right. Uh, what do we do now? Real- That's it. We can't <laughs> these characters. Anywhere. These characters realize what they are. They reach the end of the world. It's like it's kind of like uh, yeah. in the Truman Show when he is on the boat and reaches the end of the the artificial world uh so yeah that's all i have um these are helpful you know what this um i actually just remember something one of the one of the actors who plays uh young scrooge 
in the Christmas Carol. Uh, I think it's he's I, I believe he's the one that um, that is at school with Sam. Is he one of the time lapse kids or the the yeah the actor's name is Edward Sanders. Okay, and he is my coworker. Whoa, he what works, really? He, he is yeah he isn't he was not an actor for very much longer after that. This might have been actually like his one like actual thing that he did. Um, yeah, I'm looking. I'm actually looking at, at IMDb right now. Yeah, it was his only. It's his only credit. Huh. Uh, and now he is a software engineer. Wow. And he works at the Wikimedia Foundation, which is where I, I work. Yeah, and 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 I've had conversations with him about what was it like, As, and and actually I I um, he doesn't have a Muppet Wiki page, and that has come up between us. Sounds like you should start one. Several times, and I still <laughs> haven't made one yet. He's the younger he's, yeah. kid. He's the kid who says, "Who cares about stupid old Christmas?" That kid. I believe so. Wow. So anyway, that's exciting. that's a little that's a little tidbit. That's a little yeah. tidbit I'm gonna throw. Well, in. did he have any? Any interesting stories? Like, no. no. He said Michael Caine was very nice. Okay. I think he didn't. Yeah, he didn't have like a ton of Muppet. Right. He would have, I yeah, guess, Sam's, just been there, but Sam's not there yet. Yeah, not yeah. really interacted with them. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. He's so. Yeah. He's one of the kids at school. Okay. There yeah, that's cool. I mean, you you don't really think about <laughs> that was that was less interesting. No, no, it's in my head before I because said you it. you never stop to go like oh so. The kid who, who played Young children? Scrooge number one. Where is he now? Who are these, who are these random children? But he's yeah. somewhere. So I, yeah, they all are. I happen, I happen to uh, to trip over him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I hope you meet the other ones someday also. Me too. That was my plan. Yeah, you should you should seek what out all the Young Scrooges. You should also uh, try to meet Michael Caine. That would be good. He's That's one great. of the Scrooges. That's my life goal. He's old Scrooge. He is old Scrooge. Yeah. He plays, he plays old Scrooge in this movie. <laughs> he plays... Grown up Scrooge. Okay. Uh, so we, Danny, as you know, we have uh, these questions that we ask every yes. guest. So you've kind of gone through the whole, do you remember the first time you saw this movie? I think we've covered that. I do. I do. Um, yeah. The answer is yes. Yeah. And your history with the mm-hmm. movie. So then the next one is. Pretty um, elaborate. Yeah. The next one is where do you rank it alongside the other Muppet movies? Uh, I'm going to say. <laughs> And it's okay if like, this changes from time to time. Is it that far down? No, it's, I don't know. I would say it's, I don't know. I actually don't have that much of a, like, a very, because I, I, you know, obviously like Muppet Movie and, and Grim Up Caper, Fantastic, and, and I love both of the, of the um, modern movies. It's above, yeah. it's above uh, Treasure Island and it's above, it's probably like equal with Muppet, Muppet takes my hat for me. So I don't know, in that like, okay. I'd say like number five, tied for number five. Okay, tied for number five. Okay. okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, then the last one is, do you watch this every year around the holidays? Well, as of last year, I spend the entire month looking at pictures right. of Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> so you've watched so the kind equivalent of, kind of, of... Yes, I've watched, I definitely this year watched the you equivalent You didn't watch like Muppet 24 frames per second of it, but you, you saw enough pictures from I spent it. A lot of time, I spent a lot of time uh, going through them pictures. So right. yeah, I would say probably if I, as, as long as Muppet Pictures feed goes on, Muppet Christmas Carol will be a very big part of every December in my life. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm happy about that. Uh, All right. Then with that, we can wrap things up for this episode. Listeners, please make sure you check out toughpigs.com on the internet and on whichever social media uh, platforms people are still using by the time you hear this. 
Um, <laughs> thanks to Morgan Davy for our logo. You can also email us at movingrightalongattoughpigs.com and let us know uh, what you think of Bless Us All. Uh, if you remember uh, people liking or hating the movie when you saw it in the theater or whatever. Uh, we have a Patreon. We would appreciate it if you would support us there. We have a tea Public store with lots of cool uh, Muppet fan-themed t-shirts. I am on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe. I'm also on various other social media platforms. Just look for me. You might find me there. Uh, I am on Letterboxd at Movies Are Neat. Anthony is on Letterboxd at Zeppo Marxist. So please follow us there. And Danny, remind us where people can find you on the internet. Sure. Uh... My blog is called Superheroes Every Day at superheroeseveryday.com. Comedy blog uh, that is basically about how superhero blockbusters became the world's most efficient method of separating money from the public <laughs> and then giving it to entirely the wrong people. Mm. Um, so come and check that out. And uh, by the time, I don't, I don't know exactly when this will air, but do you think you'll still be on Superman 3? I, um, I've been on yeah. I wish I would love to say no. I may be on <laughs> Superman three still. Uh, hopefully, I will be. So I, I starts with Superman. I did Superman, Superman two. Uh, did commentary on a Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. Currently, uh, Superman three. Uh, and what's coming up is Supergirl. Oh, is the next one, which I'm very excited about. Never seen that. And it's yeah. And it's oh really? Yeah. You gotta check out Supergirl, Ryan. I love it. You will love it. You'll love it. It's amazing. It's it's. I'll say this. It's an extraordinary movie. <laughs> okay. Well, I, and uh, I I should watch it before you start covering it because I have to say I, I have seen Superman three a number of times, but I had never like given a, a moment's thought to the bowling scene until you devoted several posts to it. So. Three posts to the bowling scene. <laughs> yeah, the it, I, Oh, that's that's where we should leave people with. That's the cliffhangers. Is if you want to know what's wrong with the bowling scene in Superman three, go and see Superheroes Every Day. I'm yeah. obsessed with it. Yeah, and then and possibly at some point a podcast. Uh, and cool. besides that, so that's Super Reserve Day. And then Muppet Pictures. Come and uh, check me out. Yes. Very easy to find. Muppet Pictures on Twitter and on Facebook. And I it's it I am just sharing things with the world because I love you all. Ah, that's that's very <laughs> nice of you. To the founder of the well, feast. We appreciate it. <laughs> uh, so, the founder of the feast indeed. Yes. Listeners, find all those things, follow all those things. Um, give us a positive review if you feel like it and tell everyone you know about the show even if they are stingy and odious and badly dressed and join us again next week for another episode of Moving Right Along Bless us all Yeah, exactly and then Belinda and Bettina Echo, no doubt. Which no doubt, yeah. right? But so, so, like, they didn't they didn't change Although, the dialogue that much to make it basically piggy stuff, you know? Hold on, my Alexa has just started playing songs by No Doubt. <laughs> <laughs> we're keeping Echo. this, right? Tell me, we're keeping this. Echo. I think we should put it at the end. I think we should stick it at the end. All right, I need it though. That's a pretty I good song, that. though. <laughs> okay, I do sorry. Um, I don't know what was you were just saying. <laughs> <laughs>